If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Such a struggle. Struggle, 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 struggle. How are you doing, Courtney? Hi, Courtney. Hi. Hi. Hey, Did y'all say hi? Oh. <laughs> hey, everybody. Sorry, I was texting uh, with Box fan Chad mm. about our moms who live in the same area. That's what I'm doing. That's why I look so serious. Oh, are man. your moms They're okay? good. Our moms are okay. They're taking COVID very seriously. They're seeing a lot of people in our area, very, very rural Alabama. Sand Mountain, not wearing masks. And, Shocker. Shocker. Yeah, and uh, they're both in their 70s, and they want a booster shot, is what yes. he's saying. His Amen. mom wants one, and I said, I know my mom does, so yeah. that's yeah. what we're talking about. But it's all good. Everybody's Hopefully, good. It'll, be, it'll be before long, I think. That yeah, I think it's like really it. soon, like yeah. 65 and older. Because the immunocompromised, they just got their approvals. So, mm-hmm. hey, immunocompromised friends, <laughs> congratulations. Go get your shot. Hey, and everybody exactly. else, go get your goddamn shot. <laughs> exactly. Damn it. Because I want please, normals. Please. <laughs> please. Cornies, please. <laughs> no more variants, please. Yes. There is oh this uh, nope. There's this deep no. misunderstanding of what happens if we're vaccinated. Yeah, we're more protected, but the unvaccinated people are breeding grounds for more variants that become more resistant to I know. vaccines. Yeah. I don't know how else to say that. Dirty, yeah. It'll dirty never go It's uh, They <laughs> mutate so they can live. They want to live, too. So right. they just keep changing so that they can infect us and live <laughs> i tried to explain that to the girls the other day and i guess I'd, i was like do you know what variants are and I, I was like you know the whole purpose of a virus like covid is to make more virus its whole job in life mm-hmm. is to infect people and continue to live it just that's what it's for and they were just like ew <laughs> <laughs> to make baby viruses Mutant that baby adapt. Viruses. Yes, I was going to say that adapt. adapt. Four arms. <clears throat> they adapt a Mean. hell of a lot better than we do. Exactly, mm-hmm. much faster. Because we can't even adapt to wearing a goddamn no mask. shit. So, <laughs> all right, why don't we just start taking our shoes off? I'm going to go like without a shirt. <laughs> I mean, if we're going that route, then fuck shirts and no fuck shoes, bras. No shirt, no problem. No, fuck bras, I'm 100% on top of that. We can, you know what? I've seen a lot of people saying that, too. That's, that is a... Oh, I've seen those memes. Yes. I wear this bra, wear not this for, for me, but for you. I tell, yes. but you know what's funny is I've actually told that to my, my to uh, my daughter before. It's like, she's like, why do I have to? And I'm like... So that other people don't get uncomfortable seeing your junk. And she was just like, I don't care. And I was like, I know. I don't either. So I really am conflicted telling you this. (laughs) Right. But you're in high school. The stakes are higher. Yeah, the stakes are definitely higher. Middle school. Middle school shit, child. Do you want them to talk to you or your boobs? Mm -hmm. Well, actually, that lasts way longer than high school. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that doesn't go away. It doesn't go away. (laughs) All right. <laughs> so, good times. We've already covered COVID and nipples. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was the first time it was said, though. <laughs> nipples! Oh, 
Oh, let's talk about this drink. Yes. This so. drink is what we need. It's a classic. I, I, I looked back, and I don't think we've done it. I've made some um, Manhattans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but no. this is an old-fashioned. It's an oldie but a goodie classic. I used bullet mm-hmm. rye bourbon mm-hmm. yes. with uh, simple syrup, three dashes of bitters, and I never know how to say it, Angostura. However, <laughs> Angostura. Yes. I don't know either. And we an orange and remember. heel from the the skin of the orange, zest. Yes. The orange is what does it for mm. me. Yeah, it smells, smells so very good. orangey. It smells yes. so good. It's good. And I needed it. Same here. I needed this. I've been trying not to drink all day already, so this is like ideal. <laughs> I yeah, I haven't drank today either. The last Weird. time I drank actually was with you, Mama. Ha ha! <laughs> my my purpose in life is fulfilled. Oh, when I was not here, when I was in quarantine. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because we just hung out. Yeah, we just hung out. Oh, that's right. You didn't record. Okay. We didn't record last time. We just hung out. We were just like, we just need to drink. <laughs> it's a, it is. <laughs> we need a place to sit and bitch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, good times. Good times. I don't think I have any pre-talk stuff, really. Oh, no, I don't either. But just, like, major, like, get vaccinated. Get vaccinated. Good luck, everybody. I have children in school. Yeah, man, our kids are in school again, yeah. and we know, you know, we know the struggle mm-hmm. and the stress. Yes, um, and then schools doesn't start up or universities starting up soon. All that fun stuff. So, um, <laughs> Courtney, Courtney, yeah. gonna cry. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of feelings. Starting today. tomorrow, it's oh, all God. over for me. We've got all the crying coming, all the feels. Here, not as much the good feels, but you know, we're here, we're here one day at a time. Yes, one day at a time. We can do it one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. Well, JSU has the mask mandate back. Very happy and proud of that. So, way to go, JSU. Um, I'm very supportive of this. I think we can do it. We've got a vaccine incentive program, too. Yep. So, we're all getting a hundred dollars for having vaccinated. We should incentivize people. What can we do? Oh, yeah. All of y'all are arguing. <laughs> I'm sure. I know. Did, could, surely you couldn't have listened to us, bitch, this long <laughs> if you haven't been vaccinated. But if you haven't, you should DM us. <laughs> we'll give you a shirt. We can, we'll give you a shirt after we, after we ream you. Um. I do have my friends in California who have been listening off and on, and she's requested a shirt, so I need to talk to you all about that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Have- Deb Brown, my good longtime friend. She said, I put it on and work in the garden, and I hear you laughing in the background. Mm. That makes me happy, and I hear your eyes clinging in the glass. Clink, mm. clink, clink. clink, clink. <laughs> We got our, um, we do have our tie-dye shirts. We just we mm-hmm. need to uh, pull them together and put the photos on, and we can do that. I can, I can work. I, that's another thing to add to my, my growing list of things I might now have time to do. Yes. Because, hey, that's the silver lining as the kids are back in school. Exactly. <laughs> that's what we were just talking about. It's, we think that um, mentally, it, it's mentally and emotionally going to take us longer to adjust mm-hmm. to this than it has in the past. Like, because right. we used to always, the first day of school, like, all the parents all the parents, will go, like, we, we used to see all the same people at the coffee shop, and everybody would come in and high-five and buy each other coffees and sit and chat and then 
go to work and like, like woohoo, they're gone. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it was like festive off of shoulders. Yes. Yeah. And there's nothing, and it's not just because there's no place to go. I still, I was telling Patrice, I was like, I still feel super stressed. Yeah. Like even though I have six hours a day without them now, mm-hmm. like I haven't been alone for pretty much eighteen months. Yeah. You know, and like, and. uh you know, and with, we love our kids, oh, but you know, you can love chocolate, but you cannot eat it 24 <laughs> every single day. <laughs> and I love my kid and I love chocolate. So <laughs> that's the message. I need a break from both of them. <laughs> no, it's yeah. a break from both of them. But if y'all, if y'all have kids going into school and you're feeling the same, just, you know, mm-hmm. we're there with you because it's just, it's weird to come down from this stress high that we've all been mm-hmm. living in and I, it's not going to obviously be instant right. so, for a lot of us. So. Yes. Yeah. Good times. It's just good yeah. times. Check out Widespread Luck Tarot, which I haven't written an ad for yet, but here it is. Check yes. out Widespread Luck Tarot. <laughs> Yay! Um, if, if you want a, a reading or a general reading or, you know, just follow along, see what it's all about. She has YouTube. She's on TikTok. She um, is on other things. Sure. So Facebook. 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 Mm-hmm. Is, so uh, check that out. She's super cool. Uh-huh. And um, so... What have I got? So I'm going to go first. Okay. You will go first. I just threw some shit together <laughs> this Love. weekend, which I haven't done in a while. It <laughs> kind of felt good, but we'll see. If it sucks, y'all let me know. Um, Never. I haven't done Mississippi hardly at all on the entire course of this show. because Our Mississippi girl got that cover. Our Mississippi covered. girl has got it. <laughs> I mean, she's got... But this time, I was just like... There was a ghost story that I had read on... Um, like a paranormal news site and I was like oh okay Mississippi so mm-hmm. I was just like I'm gonna throw a couple little first first person Mississippi ghost stories together yeah and so um two of these are from a website that I've always liked but I don't know if I've ever used before maybe once called yourghoststories.com which is just where people submit their it's supposed to be their true who knows mm-hmm. right but it's a lot of the time it's written in a way that would you know lead you to believe it's actually their true experience ghost stories right but it's fun, and it separates them out by state and everything. So cool. They're one of my favorite ones that I had bookmarked was here. So um, there's a user on there called Silver Bear that had like four different ones, and I liked them all. But this was the one that kind of kind of creeped me out a little bit. Oh, good. Yeah. We haven't done ghosty ghosty. No, ghost I don't do ghosts. I don't I do ghost stories ghost. very much anymore. But well, part of the thing is, it's really hard to find good firsthand ghost story because yes. you know so there's a lot of like Generic well something legends. dropped or yeah i yeah, mean and, that's and been it's told not in every state exactly yeah. so it's it's not always it's hard to find the really cool ones that like make your hair stand like up. we salted nanny like we or salted granny. nanny no it is nanny, nanny. Is it yeah nanny, granny which granny, was nanny. like origin yeah. that was the one that was originally from the bitter southerner yes that was about the spaghetti mr spaghetti uh, arms house yes that, yes. that was a great stuff from mm-hmm. the squirrel nut zippers guy that was a great story Need more of those. Yes, and they're hard to find. They are hard to find. So these these are not those, but they're fun. So okay, let's do it. So this is from a user on Yurgo Stories called Silver Bear, and um, she has four stories, and she calls herself you know a sensitive, like a spiritually right. sensitive person. So you know she has this stuff happen to her on the regular. And at the time that she wrote this one, she was pregnant, and she already had two kids, and. Um, she says all the homes that she's ever lived in are active. This was a home in Mississippi that she moved into. 
she said before she ever set foot in the home, she had it blessed and cleansed. Um, she said she planted stones in the four corners of the yard to help with protection, which I'm not familiar with that um, one. Are you? No. So that's interesting. We mm-hmm. could figure that out. And, um, you know, saged it and everything. And she walked in, um, she, to- she like stated out loud, like whatever is in this house that means this harm will not be tolerated. Get out, you know, did the whole nine. Uh-huh. So she like, she knows how to deal with like new, right. New homes. So, um, she said the first, the first year was filled with the normal lesser spirits moving around our home. I was like, dude, you are super chill. Right. Um, and, uh, she had like a couple of short examples from the other stories that she had posted because she wrote separate ones about each one of these. And then she said there were three spirits that specifically had, had lived in this new home, stayed with her. And one was a young man who had short hair. Um, and she says he doesn't do anything. He doesn't talk to anybody. He just watches. <laughs> she says so I ignore him she says it never hurt anyone to look and he's not hurting my husband my children so I let him be that's like <laughs> yeah there's voyeurs limits. there's limits dude voyeurs yeah. it Ooh. never hurt anyone to look I don't know um the second there was a little girl who was a spirit in the house with long dark hair and she played a lot with her daughter so this little girl ghost would like play with her daughter who I think she said was like three something she didn't really do anything else, but the the writer said that she'd hear her laugh or talk when the baby is away. This there That's was a creepy. third one, and um, you know the the mom is pregnant, and so her sleep has been kind of erratic. She says so she'll often get up in the middle of the night, kind of walk around the house, get something. I do that a lot. It, yeah, <laughs> I still do that sometimes. Yeah. So she um she said at this point. She just finished a glass of chocolate milk. She went to check on both the kids. They're both sleeping soundly. And then she goes back and lays down and she's just closed her eyes. And she hears a, a voice from the door calling mama, mama, which is like what you right. hear every time. When Still you have freaks two kids the fuck out under six, right. you know, you hear on her. You're always ready to hear that, right? Right. So she just sits up and looks and it's not her son standing at the door. Oh, shit. It's, um... It's a little toddler boy that's around her daughter's size. But it's a boy. But it's a boy. Um, she said she probably three or three and a half. And she's like, she realized right away that this was a spirit child. But she said, not wanting to scare the child, I just sat there. Like, you are so sweet. You are <laughs> so like, sweet. I don't want to scare my ghost. <laughs> <It's> right? Just... <laughs> so um, he just, he turned, after he got her attention, he turned and walked away. So she lays back down. And after about five minutes, she hears him talking again from her husband's side of the bed inside oh, the room. Oh, oh fuck no. I'm Saying, sorry. Mama, Toddler mama. or not. I know. I mean, like, Are you picturing Gage from like, Yes, I was like, I thought you were supposed to say the next thing she feels a little hand on her face. I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. Fuck yeah, out. no shit. And she's just like, this is all, she's just taking all this in stride, you know? It's just, so she hears on the other, from her husband's side of the bed and, um, and when he, he's come back and talked again, so she decided she's going to answer because she's like, well, he's not going to Right, he's leave. getting closer, so Yeah, she's like, talk. he obviously wants to me to say something. So right. I said, what is it, she says. Uh-huh. And it takes a few minutes. She doesn't hear anything, so she's just assuming he's not going to answer back. And then all of a sudden from, like, right next to her, she goes, Mama, I got to go potty. Oh. I got to go potty, Mama. Oh. And so she's like jerks up because for once she's actually shocked by this because he's right next to right. her. Right. And um, she looks 
and there's nobody there. She doesn't see him anymore. He's not on the other side of the bed. He's not at the end of the bed. He's not at the door. But um, she shakes her husband awake, and they both walk around the house and check on the other, uh-huh. you know, the two kids. And the kids are still perfectly asleep. There's nobody anywhere. They looked in all the rooms for the little boy. They don't see him. So they're walking back through the house to the bedroom, and she stops at the door of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And she just looks around and says, look, I have two children who have to go to school in the morning. Uh-huh. They have to sleep. I don't want you to bother them. Uh-huh. Like, my morning is going to be a nightmare. Here's the bathroom. Here's the potty. All if right. you need to use it, feel free to use it. Just don't throw things around. You know, put things back where you found them. And I, wish I could um, teach my kid that. I know, right? I was like, and she's like, please don't sneak up on me anymore. Right. Just let me know where you are. Uh-huh. And if you have something to say, just warn me. Don't and my face. it's not nice to sneak up on people. So if you're if you can't follow these rules, you have to leave. Right. But if you can, it's fine. Right. And so they just go back to bed, which I was like, Jesus Hell Christ. no. I um, would be no like taco burrito <laughs> wrapped in that comforter I with know. like maybe a little nose hole. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, I'd be scared that somebody would touch my nose. Oh my God, I know. I know. I was just like, no. We've talked about how scared it is to have actual children show up in your room at night. Just staring <laughs> at you. Like, not imaginary, right. but spirit ones. So um, they go back to bed, and uh, mm. they sleep the whole night, and they don't have any more interruptions. Um, they get up the next morning, and they kind of figure, she, she kind of thinks once the kids go back to school, she might see the little boy again, but she doesn't. And she just assumes, okay, well, he didn't want to follow the rules, so he left. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the next morning after that, I know, right? I mean, that's nice. I don't think he left. The next morning, her husband rolls over, um, after sleeping through the night and says, Hey, your little boy came back last night. And she's like, okay. And he said, I woke up and he was sitting on, there was, there's like a, um, a weight bench with a dumbbell at the bottom and he's sitting on the dumbbell petting their dog. It was sitting next to the weight bench. Just like he said, it took me a second to like realize what I was seeing and then I tried to grab my phone and I was gonna take a picture but of course as soon as I soon turned she back, eye contact he yeah. was gone. But he's like all the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up and um she says, you know, well I guess he's nothing to worry over because he's just curious if he's just coming mm-hmm. in to sit here and pet the dog. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and still. I know. And I think she said at one point <laughs> that this was like two weeks ago when she's writing this. And uh-huh. she said in the past two weeks she hadn't heard from him again. And um, she assumes that he's still there. She says, I don't mind spirits living in their home when they're peaceful because it's kind of like having a house guest you don't have to feed. (laughs) But (laughs) she said she was just curious because they're about to have another baby. And she's wondering, like, what this child was going to need as the baby is, you know, coming up. And I'm like, Jesus, I really wish she had updated because I want to know what happens with this, like, is this child jealous? Right. What's going to happen? What if it's her future child? Ooh. That's what I thought about too. It's like, what if it is the future child? What if it is the child? Yeah. What if that baby grows up and then she's like, oh, that's you? That'd be yes. so weird. Ooh. I don't know. Twist. All these Twist. stories that could come from this story. So, what, what about some Mississippi was that? She didn't say. Mm. That one was just labeled Mississippi. Ghost child. Yes, ghost, ghost toddler. Yeah. Just. Ghost toddlers are scary though. What if they start picking Mommy, t- tantrums and throwing stuff? Oh Jesus, they'd be the well. That's knocking like things over and climbing up. Seem like right mm-hmm. because they said poltergeists are like attached to 
like hormonal Horm- energy, yeah. violent energy yeah. from young people and stuff. So I guess that's kind of what poltergeists are. Oh, I got chills. Well, I've got two more. They're all kind of short. The second one reminds me of something that you've done before. And that's part, part of why I'm, it's not the best story in the world, but I was just like, Oh my God, this is kind of like that. Yeah. So this, um, was somebody had written this on the same site that their friend Dakota and his family lived in Potts Camp, Mississippi. Yep. Potts Camp. Yep. Mm-hmm. P-O-T-T. Yep. P-O-T-T. And Pots, um, yeah. so okay. his Dakota's sister-in-law's family used to own a plantation there. And there was like a shack, which I guess was like former slave quarters or something across the street. Yeah. There is a lot of like a slave home still okay. around in Mississippi. So that's so that's the area that this happened. Um, it So there's a trailer on the property of where this plantation used to be, the sister-in-law's family's property. Mm-hmm. And Dakota and his brother and sister-in-law move into this trailer altogether. And ever since they moved there, they start having these weird weird things happen and it's it's a wooded area mm-hmm. that where the trailer is because it's like a bunch of acres in the back of this plantation um so in the beginning it was just little things like um things would go missing you know things would suddenly just be on the floor the the kind of ghost stories that we don't usually talk about mm-hmm. you know when you're saying when we say it's hard to find ghost stories right. this is where so many of them stop right but um so david and samantha are the name of the brother and sister-in-law and they are at work one time, and Dakota is by himself, and he would start to hear footsteps around the trailer and see shadows around the trailer, which, you know, could always just be people. But, you know, he would look around the forest and see if he could see anybody, and he never could see anybody there. Um, and then one time, this the author and, or no, Dakota and David were together at night, and they heard a voice outside the trailer. And it was walking, like, around the perimeter of the trailer, Kind of like Bigfoot. Kind of like, kind of like Bigfoot. Well, it was kind of, they said like that it was Like that talking. one that was out in the woods with all the teenagers? Yeah. The, that's what it, thing this, in the bathroom window. what this reminds me. Well, it was in Alabama, The goat man or the skinwalker. That uh-huh. one was near Huntsville that you told yes. at, at Halloween that one year. Yes, that yeah, one the goat That's 100% scary. what I remember when I, when I read the rest of this. Yeah. So it's like the voice is just walking around in circles around the outside of the trailer, almost like it's like reciting what it's seeing, like it's giving a tour or something. Like it's talking mm. about what it They were like in sees. a camper, weren't they? Yeah, they were in a... Like a trailer camper. Yeah, yeah a trailer. like a hunting, you know, mm-hmm. you have like hunting a little camper. Hun- hunting yeah, camper or trailers yeah. or whatever. Ooh. Man, that was scary. So, um... They couldn't hear his words or its words exactly, but it was, it like definitely seemed like it was describing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what it was, you know, mm-hmm. and they, they looked outside and they didn't see anything. Yeah, it was totally mm-hmm. just a tone. And mm-hmm. so there was another time, um, Dakota's alone in the trailer and they had a pit bull there named Gigi and he, he hears, I know he hears this voice again, but this time it sounds like it's right outside of the front door and it's yelling through the front door. And um, says Dakota got the shotgun and went out on the porch because that's what you do. That's what you do. And uh, the voice, he said, the voice started to whisper. Like instead of just going away, it like whispered, "You're gonna freak everybody out. You're freaking me out." Um, And he yells, "Show yourself!" And something shoots off through the woods. But I mean, when you're out on your porch yelling, like everything that's near you is going to do it. I know. I love that y'all have headphones on because I can't I hear know. how it, it sounds. It seriously is about the headphones right now. <laughs> Listen to this episode in headphones for the special effects. sound effects. Um, but then. <laughs> I wish we could do all those things. 
We should do a radio play next time. <laughs> oh so my god, fun. let's do one. That'd be great to retell that goat oh, man story. Holy crap! With radio holy play. Shit, yes. Oh, that's I'd not love a bad to do a radio idea. play. Oh, it here, you know, if Sarah Sarah Adkins who reached out to us about a radio play one time, if you're yes. listening, <laughs> maybe we're gonna this need is not an orchestra. Hold on, <laughs> need some banjos. <laughs> Um, so, uh, after this happened, the pit bull sits in the front, at the front door and stares at it all night. Just like sits at the front door and will not leave and stares at the door. So Hmm? random little things started happening and then new things would happen. So the author says in the last few months, Dakota told me that he'd be taking a bath and then he would hear my voice, the author's voice coming from another room, calling his name while he's in the bath. Old is Dakota. Um, I don't know, but this says on a Tuesday afternoon, he would hear this when I would otherwise be in school. So they got to be teenagers, mm-hmm. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Teenagers or early or college. 20s. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then <clears throat> there were two separate occasions when Dakota comes out of the bathroom in the trailer and runs into a man <clears throat> with black shoes, black pants and a white shirt. Undertaker. And as he lifts his head to look up, because it's a tall, tall figure, so as he lifts his head to look up, it just, it's gone. Gone. Mm. So he doesn't see anything. Man Um, in the hat. The man in the hat. What's the one on, yeah, what's the one on uh, the uh, conjuring people? The conjuring? The one that's... No, 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 the crooked man. Yeah, the crooked man. No, no. Oh, I don't love the crooked man. The crooked man, I still have nightmares about the crooked man. The crooked man. And let's see, so... Okay, so the brother, David, usually parks his car on one side of the trailer. I don't... Actually, this has nothing to do with anything. I should have marked that out. Okay. But, so, like, Dakota... Dakota and the author, they like to just go out and relax sometimes just like chill out i'm assuming get high or whatever drink beer drink beer um and kind of just you know look out at the forest and he said i once seen something walk past these two trees that stand beside one another and i got scared but the only way i could describe it is it was white without a head just like looking out into the woods seeing this tall white figure without a head walking past and then um, they said, I went over to his place last Friday, and during the weekend, a bunch of weird shit happened, that they were getting out of their car and just looking around, and, you know, they were just, like, surveying the woods. And then Dakota goes, oh, my God. And he says, what? And he says, i just seen something walking right back for, back, like, in between the trees with a white shirt on. Like, watching this, like, tall man with a white shirt mm-hmm. and apparently no head walking around through the forest. That's much worse. And um, they called out, and the dog, like, they could hear their dog growling across the yard, but they also hear something laughing. And and then it says, Dakota picked up the Kaiser blade for defense. What? Like, what the fuck? They got a sling blade? It's also known as a Kaiser blade. Is that what a sling blade Mm -hmm. is? Is a Kaiser blade? Do you never watch Sling Blade? I've watched Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. It's been ages. It's also known as the Kaiser Blade. Um, <laughs> it's funny because it says Dakota picked up the Kaiser Blade for defense and threw a rock in the woods. I'm like, that ain't defense. But um, I think somebody already used the Kaiser Blade. Sounds guess, like that guy's man. got no head. And then they run inside, um, and then the voice comes back that later that night they start to. They're outside this time. They're not in the trailer, and they're like kind of going up the hill toward the forest. And the voice starts sounding like it's talking through a megaphone. Like, you know, when they were inside the trailer and it sounded like it was like 
giving a tour or something. It's it sounded like it's giving a speech oh, through weird. like a really mm-hmm. unclear speech through a megaphone down oh, like wow. and it's kind Tent of like revival. all around them. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, but it keeps breaking up and it'll take a couple seconds and then it'll kick back up again. And at one point, like the author turns around to Dakota and says, "What are they doing?" And then he hears it go, "What are they doing?" Freaks me out. <laughs> just freaks me out. But that also reminds me of the Goat Man because the Goat Man was, was like exactly. it was a mimic. Yes, it mimicked. Them. And then they got brave. They decided to walk further past the woods and they climb the rest of the hill and they still hear this voice like they keep on walking and it's like the voice is following is them but then it's following them from in front just like the fucking goat man yeah it's where like it was goat. like it would call from over here and then it would call from over there mm-hmm. and i'm like maybe it wasn't dakota at all you were walking with right maybe it was they, the goat man it, yeah so I guess they turned around and they ran off and the voice finally died out when they got back and that was just the weekend before they wrote this on the site so you know, there was, no, and again, it was like, I'm going back to Dakota's the first week in November and I'll report back. And they never did. Oh. <laughs> like, God knows. Mm-hmm. And maybe, I don't know, wow. maybe Goatman ate their brat. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> could you never know. The brat, that's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were oh, eight brats. So that was the end of the, seven what people. I think is the Goatman story. Right? <laughs> eight brats and seven people. It's true. That was so fucking freaky. Um, but yes, Goatman may exist also in Mississippi, in the yes. woods. In the woods, anywhere where you're in a trailer, watch out for the Goatman. Um, this is the last one. This is honestly my favorite of the three. Okay. This came from like a news article that was in um, Mississippi Channel WLBT in January. Um, so in, This year? Mm-hmm. This year. So in oh. Brandon, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. You know where Brandon is? Yep, I do. Brandon, Mississippi. Um, there's a family, the Merritt family. Um, they do you have know the Merritt family. <laughs> you, know, you know that is you know totally something the Southerners <laughs> ask. It's like you can you be from anywhere, you know and oh, yes. a Southerner is going to ask you, "Well, do you know <laughs> somebody?" It's like All there's the like four million people, <laughs> but do you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes yeah, you think, it works. I was going to say, it's like, I get kin to those people. <laughs> All right. The uh, the mom's name is Whitney. Whitney Merritt. And her mother, um, at Christmas time, gifted her daughter, not not Whitney, but Whitney's daughter, um, an antique baby doll carriage. Oh. It's a here. I'll show. This is what it looks like. I don't know if you can really see it. It it's not. It's funny because after reading this story, I looked up antique baby doll carriages. Yeah. And there's some creepy ass yeah. shit out there, like. It's really it's as creepy as the dolls they. Well, you I feel know, like they have the little around. like the little accordion covers on They'll, them. Yeah, a lot of the like, time, like and... a bassinet on wheels kind of. Mm-hmm. And this one's not so much like it's almost like a a wagon mm-hmm. with like big big and it's all painted white with like little wrought metal scroll they work like and everything. But versus, I think it would have had mm-hmm. I think it would have had cloth on it. Somewhere. I would have thought too. So it's not it's not what you would imagine necessarily, but it was apparently you know given to this grandmother and she was like oh my granddaughter would love this it's christmas time i think she's four Uh and so they um they wrap it up and they put it under the tree and it's the christmas gift so christmas comes baby opens it you know i i found a picture on facebook of a baby Mm -hmm. pushing another baby in this carriage Mm -hmm. which i'm assuming was actually them it it was definitely this carriage Mm -hmm. um so i i think she liked it 
I guess she enjoyed it, right? Um, but shortly after Christmas, they started hearing weird things in the house. Of course they did. So they started hearing knocking on the walls. Who gave it to the grandma? Um, a friend. Like, it was like a friend of a friend had passed along. and Okay. And, and it's like from the 1800s or something? I don't know when it's from. I don't think it says anywhere. But yeah, so this knocking kind of starts at the beginning of the year. They start hearing this, and they would hear it. And they hadn't moved into the house much earlier than this. You know, they were there before Christmas, but it's they haven't been there all that long. So um, they start hearing these weird knockings in the house. And, you know, they just, with it being a new house, they're like, well, God, you know, it could be this, or it could be that could be pipes. It could be settling. The house was only built in the 90s, in the early 90s. It so it's not like they're living in some, something over. Seriously. Right. So, and, it, and they're not in some ancient thing. So, right. it's, you know, but um, it, it, they would hear it in the walls, and then they would start to get loud. And it got so loud at, at a couple different times that they thought that there was actually a person outside banging on the walls. Uh. And um, one time it was midnight and her, um, so Whitney's husband, Michael, works nights. And she called him because she's like, I swear to God, there's somebody out there. And he's like, "It maybe it's somebody at the front door. And I guess they don't have, you know, the thing that lets you look out your front right. door. Peephole. 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 But, um, you know, she goes on, she turns on the porch light and she, you know, gets brave enough to open the door and there's nobody out there. Right. And, um... So, like, three or four nights after that, <clears throat> it starts boom, boom, boom in the attic. It's not, like, it's not mm-hmm. outside the house as much, but it's definitely coming from upstairs. And it's crazy loud. And as she's, like, giving this interview, they're marking that, like, she's rubbing her chest red while she talks about it. Like, it's really still freaked her out. Freaked her out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they go again. They're like, well, maybe the house is, maybe it's something settling, you know? Ugh. Or like possums in the walls. Or something. Like, you know, so happens. they went through all these kind of, all these logical things that right. it could be. But, you know, they check and they don't, they find anything. And so the sounds just keep on coming and they become so frequent. They're just like, we just cannot not deal with this. She said in the middle of the night it happens and Michael jumped up and grabbed a shotgun and a flashlight and went upstairs thinking that there was a person up there. Yeah. Beyond like raccoons or possums or whatever, it had to be just so heavy because it's making so much noise. Right. But there's nobody up there. And, um, so that was like all through the first week, there's all these knockings after the beginning of the year. So the second week around two in the morning, Whitney wakes up, And, you know, she has been asleep, asleep, and this huge crash. And she wakes up and runs into, um, into the kitchen because it sounds, she said, it sounded like our dog had like been banging on a window and crashed through it. Like, Uh, that's what it sounded like. She grabbed a handgun and started walking around the house because it was so loud. And in the morning, um, after she didn't find anything, she went back to her room and nothing else happened. In the morning, she went back and she found this bag of mugs that she had bought at TJ Maxx were on the floor, just smashed to pieces um, in the kitchen. And she was like, they weren't on their sides. or in, It's not like they were like, they're not going to roll. They have like handles. You know, how did they all get dumped on the floor? But she's like, well, stuff happens. Right. You know, they have a dog. Right. So uh, maybe the next night, exactly the same thing happens. So it's 3.30 in the morning. She runs straight to the kitchen this time. And there's another bag on the floor with another shattered mug in the bag. I'm like, how many mugs? Yeah, you bags you bought, you bought replacements. I know, and they're right? broken. But this time, all the pieces had shattered so much that it had flown out of the bag. So she's cleaning it up, 
and um, she sweeps it up, and then she goes and throws the glass in the trash can, starts walking back to her room, and then she hears the sound of someone dropping, like, an entire load of silverware into the sink, all at one time. And she's like, I, I about broke my neck swinging around to try and figure out what the sound was. She goes, she runs back into the kitchen, thinking something may have fallen, you know, mm -hmm. out of a drying rack or something. But she had just done the dishes, and there's nothing on the counter. There's nothing there. There's nothing in the sink. There is no way that that noise could have come from the kitchen. But it did, and she couldn't go back to sleep. So, um, you know, that stuff starts happening with things breaking and all this. Then the week after this, the kids' rooms start getting impacted. Like, um, there's a, a lamp and a dream catcher in her daughter's room that falls down. And she, well, you know, it's a kid. Right. But then it falls down, and it falls down. Uh -huh. And it's like it just keeps happening. Um, and the second time it happens, you know, they're they're walking back to their bedroom after investigating, and the bathroom door slams as they walk by it. And there's nobody in the bathroom. And they, like, look, they're like, okay, are their windows open? I mean, they're really, like, investigating, like, okay, could the airflow have caused this? But it's the bathroom, you know? Right. I mean, there's no airflow. So um, they check. There's nobody in there. There's no light on. No kid had just come out of the bathroom. Um, they messed with all the doors in the hallway, and um, nothing happened the rest of that night. So the next day, they're in the living room, and um, their son's toy car starts playing music. And <clears throat> I tell you, that's some scary shit. Because kids' I, toys, man. I have had, uh, you know. The kids' toys were all like the robots, like mm -hmm. talk, you know, when you like push them or, oh my God, or do something. Yeah, and I have like literally walked past <laughs> Max's room before in the middle of the night and either like, you know, something like my footstep triggered, you know, because we're on second floor this. and it'll start talking to me. And I just like literally <laughs> crap my pants <laughs> and then I go run into bed and I make my little burrito with my nose hole <laughs> and I just like wish it away. Yeah, no shit. I mean, I used to, one of the girls had that, um, that dog that did the ABCs, the stuffed dog, um, mm -hmm. scout. And it was in the, um, in her, uh, her toy box. And it would just, when its battery started getting low, it would wake up in the middle of the night and start to sing. Oh my <laughs> it was God. like horrifying. Yes. I took batteries out of all of his stuff. I eventually that. did that too. Yeah. Duct tape the speakers, take out the batteries. <laughs> That's how you deal. But yeah, they obviously didn't do that in this family. Um, it had batteries. It did not have its switch on to on. It was <laughs> off. And it continued to play music in the living room. Take them batteries out. No <laughs> I don't know and if it would have helped in this case. It. <clears throat> so um, later that same evening, um, Whitney uh, goes up to wake up because you, we said Michael has a night shift, right? So Whitney goes upstairs to wake up Michael for the night shift and he's getting ready. She goes down, um, starts to do a few chores downstairs in the living room. And um, while she's sweeping in the living room, she sees him walk into the kitchen, you know, fix himself some coffee to get ready for the day or for his evening. And she asks him a question, and he doesn't answer. So she's like, okay. She asks him again, and he doesn't answer. So she just gets pissed off and walks into the kitchen, and he's not there anymore. So um, she goes back up to their bedroom, and he's falling back asleep. He's in bed. Ooh. And she's like, I swear to God, I am not insane. I saw somebody in my kitchen. Mm -hmm. I thought I saw my husband in my kitchen, but there was somebody in my kitchen. <laughs> and... um. That was like, 
close to the breaking point. Mm-hmm. And um, the day after that, let's see, she went to get groceries and um, both of her kids were out. Her, her One of her kids was with the grandparents. One kid was at school. And um, she's at the grocery store and she gets a call from her husband asking if their son is at home. And she's like, no, he's, he's at school still. So when she gets home, um, Michael says he he had gotten back in bed. He was sleeping after getting back from a shift and he heard the front door close and he heard Paxton's, the son's door close in the bedroom next door. And then he started hearing that knocking on the walls again. And he called his son's name and there was no answer. So he gets up and walks into his son's room and the bedroom light is on. The Xbox is on. A bottle of water has just been dumped over and is leaking on the floor. Um, and so they were like, something weird as fuck is happening in this oh, house between all these things right. like you just can't explain all of it away right and so they're sitting there and the husband just for some reason gets fixated on this baby doll carriage and it's like the know, only thing new that's been introduced probably to the house yeah once all this happened because they're like we did just move in but this wasn't happening before christmas right so they put it outside and after putting it outside everything stopped uh. Everything went back to normal. No Sorry. footsteps, no banging, no booming, no people in the kitchen. And so um, she just she just put it on Facebook Marketplace. She was like, $65, full disclosure, definitely haunted. So, uh, and people bought it, I'm sure. They put it on eBay. $710 oh they got for God. it. For a lady in Kansas. So, yeah, she, she said eventually after, after all this stuff cleared up, she talked to her mother about the carriage, and her mother said that the owners, the original owner's husband had been killed in a motorcycle accident on the Natchez Trace. Oh, wow. And that she, the mother, you know, the grandmother thought maybe that was who was walking around in the kitchen. Oh. Yeah. No oh, shit. So they were both like, this, this was the only explanation. I know how it sounds, but it's out of my house, and I want things to be normal, and I don't need to think about this anymore. Right? <laughs> so, oh, my God. But, yeah, some lady bought it after 50 people bid on it on eBay. Wow. And um, a lady bought it in Kansas who is fascinated by ghosts and spirits. And um, the family went around and burned sage <laughs> till all the sage was gone. <laughs> Be like growing a field of sage in my front yard. No y'all. shit. So, no follow-up from the lady in Kansas. Yeah, no, I looked. I actually looked because sometimes you can find eBay listings after they've mm-hmm. closed, and I couldn't find it. They did have a screenshot of it, mm-hmm. but it was just the seven hundred and ten dollars. And I think what did she have it listed as? She had the listing, vintage baby carriage purchase with caution. Right, and then I'll like tell a you, description. That church lady that gave it to the grandma did not like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh my God. So those are my three Mississippi ghost stories. Ooh, I loved it. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get an exclusive bonus episode for every show and a discount on merch. You can find links to all of these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode, Strange South t-shirts, mugs, and other goodies. See you there. Alrighty. So, I kind of want the same route as you did as Yay! far. Hold on, as far oh, as oh. like, 
Okay, I need to talk about something that I haven't talked about. I need it to be fun and light because it's been a pretty heavy month. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. And so I was like, okay, let me look for some UFO stories. UFO! UFO! Okay. But, you know, we've had so many, like, UFO sightings nowadays and, like, the military releasing the blah, blah, blah or whatever, which really they haven't, like, shown much of jack shit or no. anything. But Marco Rubio's like, hey, UFOs. Yeah, but it's all <laughs> over the place. And, and honestly, I think everybody's at the point where they're just like, yeah, UFOs, whatever. They've landed. Great. Um, <laughs> we got bigger shit to deal with right now. to deal with right now. But there's no, like, stories. That's the interesting, like, the UFO abduction mm-hmm. stories and UFO encounters. So this is the route that I was taking. I was looking for a story. Totally didn't end up there. I ended up in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Oh, mm-hmm. Eureka Springs! Have you heard about Eureka, Eureka. Springs? I've driven through Eureka Springs. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Okay. And I think Randy's grandparents regularly spend time in Eureka Springs. Well, it sounds like an amazing place. Mm. Um... And there's the reason I found it through the UFO search is because there's a UFO abductors conference or something where like people Ooh, abductors ab- abductees. I Sorry. abduct UFOs. Yeah, right. <laughs> abductees. <laughs> Turning <laughs> the tables every day. <laughs> Sorry, take that, aliens. <laughs> uh, so, but there's like a, a meeting, the group up where they meet there every year. So I was like, okay, let's start reading about Eureka Springs, Arkansas, which is located in the Ozarks, which is like northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. We hadn't talked about Arkansas in a while. Yeah. So Eureka Springs, obviously there's a Springs, which is like the big draw when people, um, actually before they discovered it, because it was the indigenous people, um, the Native Americans, and I want to say the uh, Osage, 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 Osage something. Yeah. I'm sorry, uh, chief who like carved out this holy basin, um, you know, in the springs. And of course, white man came and built a hotel right next to it. You know, <laughs> like monetize, 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 holy springs, <laughs> sacred lands, hotel. <laughs> bling, bling. Um, so, you know, after white man came and settled and ran the um, Native Americans out, it, you know, became this booming resort area and like 1800s and it would be a place you know because it's up in the Ozarks and it's in Arkansas and you know a place for people to lay low and live like this really nice like it's really nice historic homes now but Mm -hmm. you know like these really nice luxury homes back then and so people like bank robbers bootleggers railroad Mm. magnets um cat house madams who are my favorite Ooh. uh you know they all made their fortunes in this area uh, with tourists and stuff and one of the main hotels there is called the crescent hotel mm-hmm. so today i'm gonna talk about the crescent hotel and norman baker okay and the two go hand in hand the crescent hotel there's a photo that i'm gonna show y'all after i get finished talking it is gorgeous it is like this extremely elaborate victorian french i don't know architecture terms but it's just um 
it's amazing. It's amazing looking, especially like this older photo. Um, and if you think about Arkansas, you don't like associate the two because it really looks like something that could live in like Switzerland, mm. like, you know, some the chalets, chalet yeah. looking or France, you know, huge. Um, but it was built, the hotel was built in 1886. You know, it's, it is basically the grandest resort in the Ozarks or it's, it's marketed that way. And the guy that ran it, or built it and ran it, um, you know, people would come there, and it was, like, luxurious. They could, like, cure themselves, supposedly, in the springs, because the spring's supposed to have curative powers. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just, like, this nice, almost, like, off-the-grid kind of place for, like, uh, the wealthy to come and get away from it all during that time. And... During this time also, like the um, late 1800s, early 1900s, they decided for whatever reason to part-time create like a um, college for young women half the time, like maybe during off-season so that they could make money so you could have like college um, and you know, it's so upscaled that, you know, the people would want to, like, vacation there and say, oh, we can send our young women here, our young daughters here uh, to learn as well. So all of that did great. And um, unfortunately, the Great Depression hit. And the guy that, like, managed all this during the time, and I don't have his name because it's really not that important to me right now, uh, like, retired from it. And the hotel went downhill and and um, basically became abandoned. And that's where Norman Baker steps in. So let me tell you about this fucker. Oh, God. Norman Baker. Oh, this God. This fucker. This fucker. Sounds like Norman Bates. Yeah. I am sorry. Because see psycho. I try not to, I try to like <laughs> even out. <laughs> Like my, you know, fuckers, my assholes <laughs> that I do stories about. And it's in the um, Edgar Casey mm -hmm. in the same time period uh, had a lot of these same opportunities that I'm going to talk about, but there's such a difference. There's such a, um, a different polarity between the two. And you just, y'all are going to recognize this personality type. But anyway, let me get into it. So Norman Baker. So early Norman Baker's life. He was born in 1882 in Muscatine, Iowa. And he was one of ten children. And his parents were, were relatively wealthy. His dad had like over a hundred patents. And his mom was a writer. So he, he comes from, you know, educated, wealthy family with just a shit ton of siblings. And when he was 22 years old, you know, he, he takes some odd jobs. I think he's a machinist. And he's, you know, he's very, he's, he's a go-getter. And he, um, and when he's in his, like, early 20s, he sees a vaudeville show. And he totally becomes intrigued by this traveling show. And they, you know, they present the mentalist. Because, again, during this time, this is, you know, same time Edgar Cayce, um, the, the Victorian era, uh, where they have the spiritualist and the mentalist. Um, and, uh, you know, he watches this, and he's very interested. And he's like, man, this is great. 
I could do it better. And so he creates this show, this act, and the star of his act is a fictional person, Madame Pearl Tangley. And uh, she's like this mind reader mystic who's the star of his show that he starts to produce. And this runs for like 10 years. He does his vaudeville act with this Madame Tangley for 10 years. And there's multiple Madame Tangleys. It's Mm. like he like trades keeps trading you know actresses. the different actresses yeah. to play madam i was going to ask like did he play madam <laughs> i wish <laughs> that would be awesome <laughs> but he ends up like marrying one and then gets divorced and um, trading <laughs> you know and you know this lasts for 10 years and then he gets bored with it or he's always got something stirring in the pot uh so he's like, now he gets into like correspondence classes and does like a correspondence art school thing and just always like trying to like wheel and deal and do something better. And because, you know, his dad was an inventor, he's got this in his blood, he's got this idea in his, his, his blood, and he starts thinking about, um, he creates this thing called the Tangley uh, Collada Phone or... But it's, it's basically an air-blown musical instrument, <laughs> and he patents it. It's, it's basically like this loud-ass organ that you can hear <laughs> from, like, a really far way away. I don't know. I don't care. Anyway, it's <laughs> like, like an accordion? I, I, I don't even know. Mm. I will Sounded like it. Yeah, I, but it's something like air bass, maybe that you can blow in as a musical instrument, mm-hmm. but it's like loud as fuck, and it's like organ-like. That's that's kind uh, of um, what sticks in my head. Right? Oh, and before I get too much further. <laughs> oh, we are still doing sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you blow up to the trumpet. Before I get too much further into this, while Courtney is um, sound effecting us, I got a lot of my information from Sorry. the Smithsonian Magazine. From the podcast "Stuff You Missed in History Class," which is a great Ooh, podcast. I need to. I'm going to add that right now. Uh, I originally found uh, this story through the Los Angeles Times Ooh. piece that they did, um, like last year. Oh. And of course, our friend Wikipedia. Our friends. Wikipedia. So you know he's he's trying all of his hands. He's done vaudeville for ten years. He's creating things. He's doing correspondence school uh, classes. Um, and he has this idea. He's like, I'm going to do a radio station. So he creates this radio station called KTNT, which stands for... Shit, I didn't write it down. KTNT. <laughs> KTNT. Uh, KTNT. I was like, I need to write that shit Knights down. of the... No, it wasn't anything. It sounds like a KKK thing. It's like, it's like no... Not things, not things. Not things, not things. I'll have to yeah, look that up. But anyway, he starts this radio station, and they talk about, like, small town life, um, you know, commentary on bigger issues. It's basically him talking. It's, it's given him a voice, and apparently he's very opinionated. And, uh, you know, he talks about politics in 1928, he talks about Hoover, who's running for president at the time, and actually he's supporting Hoover, so, you know, it's given him, it's given him voice. However, it's also given him a voice because anybody, like, who has done business with him, um, 
you know, through his correspondence classes and or his uh, vaudeville or his inventions and stuff, if they criticize him, he also gets on air and Ooh. like, yeah, um, tears them. Attacks him. He does. He attacks anybody that criticizes <clears throat> anything about him. And he apparently has like a thing against Catholicism Ooh. and Catholics. So he attacks Catholics on air. And the KTNT is like it's like, it's like this it becomes Catholics huge. It becomes K? like this huge media <laughs> thing. With a K. <laughs> um it becomes this huge media thing like that gets picked up. Like you could even sometimes pick it up in Hawaii. So it's like it's all over the Midwest and the West. Um I don't know how far east it goes, but it's like it's got this huge range. So he has this huge platform oh God. to just talk shit. It's just what we need. Right? It's been happening forever. Forever. People with these huge platforms to talk shit. And so he's like, oh, this is great because he can talk one way. He's got nobody talking back to him. And even mm-hmm. if they do talk back to him, then he's got a large <laughs> platform to attack Bingo. them where they can't <laughs> respond. That's right. And so he's like, I'm going to create a magazine. So he creates a magazine called uh, Naked Press. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to Sorry. supplement his own air, uh, you know, talk show, basically, is what it is. So, you know, he's got this magazine, which basically is, you know, printed word of what he's been saying to back up that he sends out to everybody. He has a gas station that he puts under the KTN name. He has a re- uh, restaurant that has the same name that oh I'm sure God. has all of his propaganda. I about really want to know his... what it stands for, but I can't find it. Um, and so, you know, he's, he's talking local, but he has this huge reach. And after Hoover wins the presidency, he kind of becomes friends with him. And then uh, Baker starts this Midwest free press thing, which is really not free press. It's just, again, giving him voice and advertisement for all of the stuff. Yeah. It's like free press means my press. Exactly. <laughs> it means like my freedom, mm-hmm. not your freedom. And again, with all of this media um, power that he's built up, he starts to become very vocal about the medical community. And he becomes anti-medical community and anti-doctor. And it's like he's saying that he knows more than they do. Oh, my He God. claims that he could cure cancer. It's know the naked truth. Know the naked truth. That's what it is. Know oh the my naked truth. Did you God. just buy it at the same I did time? at the exact same time. <laughs> and that's why it's Naked Magazine. And that's why it's Naked Magazine. Know oh, the my naked gosh. Truth. I hate this. This is the beginning know of the fake news. Know the naked truth. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Okay, so he claims that he knows better than doctors in the medical communities and that they're charlatans and that he could cure cancer without any invasive surgery. Thank God surgery. that still doesn't happen. This is, just, this is the same. I know, right? Fuck. So there's no... He, this he's, is the same as the goat man, the goat balls guy. He did the same thing. He had this radio station. Oh, my God. Go ahead. There's a parallel. <gasps> wait, wait. Oh, no. So he claims that he could cure cancer with no surgery, no radiation, just his Formula 5. Oh, my God. And positive thinking and thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. (laughs) Obviously, he has has vaudeville training. 
if and he doesn't even really have that. He just did vaudeville. I mean, it's, and it's, and because zero, he's a real person. Because he is a real person. <laughs> he's speaking to real people about real things that he knows <laughs> shit about. So he decides, okay, I am going to create a medical institute. Because that's the next thing that I want to do to feed my large ego. Oh my God. And he opens up this 100 bed institute in 1930s. And you have to remember, we are in the Depression era now. Mm-hmm. This is, Depression era was like uh, 1929 to 1939. Mm-hmm. So I all of this is happening thing, yeah. like when people are desperate mm-hmm. and broke and starving. And it's just a bad time for America. He has this platform that he's talking through, and he starts this medical um, institution where he's claiming that he can cure cancer without invasive surgery and that the doctors are wrong. So in 1930, in Iowa, he creates the Baker Institute um, there in his hometown. And, of course, he uses (laughs) all of his media platform that's already established his established audience already to advertise this clinic wait is this jim baker's (laughs) (laughs) in this yeah in this and we're still in iowa we're not in the south yet (laughs) okay um there's a connection there's gonna be a connection that's like the goat man too jesus it's like he's like the same they're like Um, the goat balls guy. Goat balls, not goat man. Goat ball. Goat balls. A lot of goats going Sorry. on. Too many goats goat in this episode. So in this institute that he has like these hundred beds, he employs a large staff of like questionable characters mm. with no credentials that he says everybody here can cure cancer. <laughs> cancer is curable. Um, and while he's doing this, while he's promoting his institution here, he's also denouncing you know, doctors, actual medicine, actual medicine, <laughs> yeah, actual medicine, saying that they're educated fools and cutters, they're and, elitists, and incapable of like helping people. Yeah, oh, they're elitists, and I think, and I think that's the thing. And honestly, y'all, I think a lot of the vaccination problems that we're having too mm-hmm. is people do not like shots. It's, yeah, yeah, I think a lot of that plays into it. That's you know, it's interesting because we we're thinking about that. Like people were saying, it hurts so much. Something must be wrong. It hurts so much. And I was like, when's the last time you actually got a shot? Exactly. Have you ever had a tetanus shot? Because that shit hurts. I was going to say, I was like, (laughs) these are things that we can handle. You know, we can manage. It's okay. It's sore. It's It's like stumping your toe. It goes away. Yeah. yeah, Five minutes gone. Yeah. All right. Big boy. So he's, you know, (laughs) he's promoting this. He has all this, you know, this media that he owns around it. Um, it's going fantastic. He create he does a festival. He creates a festival, which in the vaudeville style, because that's his background, and he creates this stage. And seventeen to thirty thousand people show up for this festival. Oh my! And it's all like entertainment and testimonials and like infomercial for his Formula Five that cures cancer. And supposedly, one bottle. A Formula Five can kill twenty or kill. Yes, it could kill. Uh, it could cure twenty five people of cancer. That's how oh. potent it was. And oh, this that's is like considerate of him. Garbage. He was feeding mm. everybody, and the pinnacle of this whole festival. He comes up on stage, and he is 
I mean, obviously he's a character and not a good character. Like mm-hmm. this is the scandals, like con man character, mm-hmm. but he's a showman. And so he gets up on stage and he has like a signature color and it's lilac. He <laughs> loves terrible purple. He fucking loves purple. And so everything like he wears has purple in it, right? We'll get to that in a little bit. So he comes up on stage, and there's an old farmer that he invites up on this stage that supposedly has brain cancer. Cancer, And, okay, if y'all are a little bit squeamish. I'm the man to, in purple. You want to, like, you know, maybe forward this uh, oh God. because it's going to get a little gross. Okay. Especially if, you've, if you're dealing with, have ever dealt with, like, cancer or brain cancer. Oh, I just want to put that warning out there. Um. However, I think this was all an act. This is all part of the show. But he invites this old farmer up here, and him and his other assistant, I'm not going to call him a doctor because I'm pretty guaranteed he wasn't a fucking doctor, pulls back his scalp. What? what? And detaches part of his skull to show the audience oh, there ain't no way that happened. the actual cancer that's eating away this guy's brain. Uh, no, you didn't. So, um. after he shows everybody the cancer that's eating away this guy's brain, he takes a powdered version oh of his God. Formula 5 <laughs> and shakes it on the guy's head like Baby powder in your ass. Right? (laughs) Puts the skull back on. Puts, you know, the. Yeah. Puts everything back. Doesn't sew anything back up. And the farmer declares that he is like automatically cured. Oh my God. And he feels great. There has to be some cost. Some makeup oh, no, was, going on here. It was totally vaudeville. It was yeah, totally I mean, vaudeville. this is like, oh there's no way your skull was, totally was open. It was totally a show. They would not be talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, right. I live in the 21st what century, though. What the hell? <laughs> right. Okay. Holy shit, Patrice. I know. So, Formula 5, what is this exactly? It sounds like it goes in a race car. Mm. Well, Formula 5 <laughs> is actually alcohol, glycerin, Carbolic acid. Okay. Oh. Ground watermelon seeds. <laughs> corn silk and clover leaves. Corn silk? Mm-hmm. Corn yeah. silk. So it's like these <laughs> things that you throw shuck? out. Like you throw out exactly. watermelon, watermelon seeds. seeds. You corn. shuck corn and have like all of this. So this is actually a recipe because this is how oh it works. And this is how God. your goat nads dude works too. <laughs> yes, Is goat that nads. all the con men... Like, they talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, this has worked for me in this town. And the guy's like, great, give me your formula. So he got this formula from another con man. Oh, my and God. And this is what he's been touting. A whole family of cons. Goiter. It cures cancer tumors. Goiter. Stomach ulcers. <laughs> so, of course, everybody's like, holy shit, that man has cured a brain cancer. And they put, like, they put everything, you know, back together, and he's, like, walking great. Um, (laughs) So they're like, yes, we will buy this, and we want to come to your, you know, be cured and and go to your your institute institute and all of this stuff. And again, during this time, he is like, you know, he's like, I have the answers. Medical doctors do not. 
He denounces medical communities. I mean, just like on a daily basis, he just rants about them. And he also denounces vaccines. Oh, of course he does. It's like, you don't Thankfully, need vaccines. Still does you don't, you know, you don't need doctors. They are just overeducated assholes. You know, I will cure you with some, with some, yeah, it's too watermelon. Real, I know. It's too water, real. 2021, <laughs> we're so much better than this. So much better. 1886. So, 1930, <laughs> oh, after yeah. his festival. 1923. <laughs> 100 uh, years ago. You know, everything, he's raking in the money. Uh, he reports, because he is a bit on the, well, he has like all these grandiose ideas and, and stuff. He is a bit paranoid. Uh, paranoid that people are coming after him. He, he after him. He, yeah. He <laughs> claims that uh, three men attacked him and fired upon his hospital at the time. But, of course, police couldn't find any evidence because there wasn't, there wasn't any. Because his friend and uh, fellow con man was the one who actually fired all the shots. Uh, so, so that he, he could, could say, so he could get in the news oh and could God. say that the medical, uh, the medical community is attacking him and that people are coming after him. Uh, he also, so the medical community during this time, the American Medical Association is going, <laughs> <They're> like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's like, what are you doing? It is extremely dangerous and irresponsible. And of course they de- denounced him. And they like they talked to the Federal Radio Commission in 1931, and they're like, "Look, there's this guy selling all of this really dangerous propaganda, um, and selling the snake oil, basically." And so uh, the Radio Commission looked into it, and he lost his broadcast license. Thank God. Ooh. But did that stop him? No. no. So he, he actually moved to the south then, <laughs> you know, right? as you do. <laughs> he moved to parlor. Well, he goes, yeah, right. He um, he sues the American Medical Association, claiming that they ruined his hospital business, and uh, you know, and he could not, you know, that they ruined his hospital. Well, that was the fucking point: mm-hmm. is to get him off the air and stop peddling his, his bullshit and yeah right and it was making i don't i didn't read anything because um i'm kind of surface level this shit <laughs> but uh, there was nothing through the articles that i read that he well one article said that he he did kill some people and then other said that he didn't kill people but the people like died of cancer afterwards because they still fucking had cancer yeah kind of deal um but anyway, Baker claims that the uh, AMA, American Medical Association, offered him $1 million for his cancer cure. Yeah, right. Um, and so it was just basically him just railing against these people who were taking his scam and trying to, like, educate people and say, look, that's not how it works. Please don't die. We can treat Please you Please don't die. Real. You need to see a real doctor and let us. I'm not saying that the medical community at the time... Was like they didn't the, know what to do with cancer. The no. best, but it's better than injecting watermelon seeds and <laughs> you know corn silk. Reminding me of the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. Like they didn't really have a cure, but they didn't tell them like that they had it and that um, 
that there were, and then once penicillin came around, they didn't tell them there was a cure and didn't give it to them. Right. Even though they didn't cause the syphilis or the cancer in this case, they just weren't treating it properly. Yeah. So after he gets in trouble with the um, radio commission and they shut him down, he's like, fine. And he does what any person that wants to con the shit out of people who buy it, he takes his radio station to Mexico. Which is what the goat glands guy did. So he is down there in 1933. We're still in the Great Depression. And uh, John Brinkley, who was the Kansas Mm -hmm. broadcaster of the goat gland station, Mm -hmm. was down there in Mexico too. And so nightly, this his radio station that he created down there would broadcast, and it was just like right over the border, so it was like there was no kind of oversight in Mexico, mm-hmm. but he could still broadcast into Texas and to where you know wherever else would yeah, reach. They these massive, massive, yeah. I mean, right, could broadcast, which far. probably gave people cancer. <laughs> right. I thought about that too. I was like, mm-hmm. Jesus, that can't be safe, really. So I say that with no knowledge of how radio waves work <laughs> yeah, or what either. they do to us. But you have but the knowledge to know that you don't know anything about <laughs> it. <laughs> Don't listen to me, public. So his his radio station, of course, because he has no oversight, he has no one to like tell him not to do something. So it becomes a little bit more lowbrow entertainment <laughs> to draw in the masses because who doesn't like lowbrow entertainment? Lots of fart jokes. A lot. And so, and then there was some like... <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Missed the mark on that one, did <laughs> There was... Uh, it says there, in, in, <laughs> sorry, sorry, <laughs> this bourbon. I'm telling you what, I'm lit. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> okay, lowbrow, lowbrow. Uh, played hillbilly style music. What does that mean? Exactly? I don't know. That was in the article. <laughs> So I figured that there's banjos. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I'm like, do y'all not know what hillbilly? Let me see if I can find <laughs> I can hear it right now. So I can't there's tell some you a song. And but. I have a feeling, like the hillbilly style quote here, I think that's probably from the Los Angeles time. Yeah, I'm but sure. you know what? I don't know. In Arkansas, people own that hillbilly. Arkansas and Missouri, they're like, yeah, I'm a hillbilly. I'm yeah. not a damn redneck. No, exactly. I'm a yeah. hillbilly. Hillbilly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. And then he would go on his tirades against the medical community, against Mm -hmm. Jews, against Catholics, and against anyone who, like, questioned him or opposed him or said anything negative about him or what he does. So anti-Jew, anti-Catholic. Presumably pro-Protestant, yet not Protestants who actually live a Protestant lifestyle? Which... I weird. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it was. That's a weird. Yeah, but I mean, white Jesus only. Just a bigot. Just a bigot. <laughs> just a bigot. <laughs> bigot yeah, sick. probably a racist white too. Jesus but can um, speak other languages like Catholics too? <laughs> Elitist. English only. Elitist. English. Elitist. Uh, well, and definitely a narcissist. Mm. But um, that's me with my non-medical professional. <laughs> diagnosing him uh, but it also said that like he would have sex with his mistresses Ooh. while broadcasting live so this is kind of how this Mexican That's they were doing it live on the radio yeah was he telling everybody they were 
I don't know. Uh, this is <laughs> hearsay. Um, but oh. he became the pre- stories. <laughs> 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 Y'all are not gonna let me get through this. By <laughs> far, <laughs> by far the best. <laughs> So, having sex on the radio, whether they told people or not, playing banjo music, talking about all the things, coming after, like, people who are attacking him, um, they basically have labeled him as the precursor to modern shock jock. Yeah. Antichrist. Yeah, well, I mean... So he Fox decides to pundit. run. Yeah, right. <laughs> he decides to run for government. Yeah, Perfect. as you do. It's a good choice. They would. <laughs> so he, he in 1936 he ran for Senate after already losing the governor's race that he tried to run for. Of course, he lost the Senate race as well, and then um, Fill up. <laughs> he was arrested because he was practicing without a medical license. Mm. But he only spent one night in jail. Mm. Why is it so hard to catch people for that shit? I don't know. I don't know. So, RKO Newsreel ran a story on him discrediting his hospital and his practice. And so that ended up costing him his hospital. People, like, stopped coming to the hospital after the Newsreel, um, you know, ran. And I guess, like, back in that, like, with the movies, didn't they used to, like, run the yeah. news reels before yeah, each before of the movies? I, th- I hear, the like, intro. the yeah. news guy. here, you know, like, right. the whole World War Two stuff, dun, too. Dun, dun, like, dun, 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 dun. Hitler is on the run. <laughs> You're good. From the Yanks. From the Yanks. From the Yanks? <laughs> so, after he the Yanks? Was, <laughs> after his hospital goes away, um, in 1936, he's like, well, I'm going to write a book. And it's going to be all about me. Great. Actually, and I'm not even going to write it. I'm going to pay somebody else to write it. Because he has fucking money, y'all. Mm-hmm. Okay? We will talk about how much. he's in Mexico. Have um, yeah. Well, no. Is he he's, not? He's not living in Mexico because he doesn't get enough attention in Mexico. He's uh. actually living in his home state still. Oh, okay. And so he pays to have a bio written about him. And this is this is a quote from the book here. This is an inspirational book for young and old, a facts story of how a man fought his enemies, how he faced gunmen and dynamiters and enemy doctors, how how he fought (laughs) the medical racket, the radio trust, the aluminum trust, and others. He did it for you. There there has never been a book prepared so carefully... (laughs) This makes it the most important book ever written. Read the life story of a normal man, of Norman Baker, the greatest one-man battle ever fought. Wow. Drops the mic. Wow. better than the Bible. Wow. The greatest book ever written. Oh, no. It's better than the Bible. Oh, my God. That is unique. But it's very interesting. It's very interesting. He does not. He does not lean on a religion. Like he's not yeah, selling it, this yeah, from a religious yeah. angle, which is unique in the South. It is unique. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's full on, like <sighs> you know, all I, about me. It's all about me. <laughs> I, about I know all the things. <laughs> I am the greatest. So, <sighs> carrying on. I'm, let's now we're into Arkansas. So he, he has his hospital taken away. His hospital was making bank. 
So he's like, I got to keep doing that. Mm. Still in the Great Depression, still like sucking the money and soul out of people who do not have it and do not know any better. And so here is the Crescent Hotel in Arkansas, empty, waiting for somebody to buy her and make her over. And that's what Norman Baker does. So in 1937, uh, it becomes the Baker Hospital. Oh, God. He renovates it, and he paints it his favorite colors of lavender and purple. Yay! And reopens it as the Baker Cancer Hospital. Oh, my God. Okay, so let's talk about how much money he brings in um, to the Crescent or... That, you know, because the Crescent is impressive. It's a fucking impressive, you know, and it's there in the Springs. It's like, it's like the perfect huckster con man setup. And of course he can fucking afford it because he's already like a millionaire several times over. But once he purchases the um, Crescent Hotel and makes it into his hospital, he makes half a million dollars a year. What? During the Great Depression, which means that money now, that would be $9 million a year he was making during the Great Depression. Oh, my God. There are a few people that are worse than this person. I know. Holy cow. I know. I know. It's horrible. Oh, my God. And so people would come here expecting to be cured of cancer but basically, all they did was just kind of pro- poked and prod them and gave them herbal treatments. Watermelon oh, seeds. God. Watermelon seeds. And right. Um, and he, no way, like, hid his riches. Like, he went around in a white suit with a purple tie and purple shirts and just flaunted his riches to everybody when he was there. And, like I said, these were the leanest years in history. You know, he was just sucking everybody for everything that he had. He kept on doing his broadcast. He would brag about how rich he was, and he would do it loud. And it was just like this vulgar American excess that he represented during this time. And people were still buying into it. And, of course, he was also very paranoid. Um... He, in the Crescent Hotel, his office, he actually, like, the, um, had bulletproof glass everywhere and had a gun within reach because it's always somebody coming after him. It was always the establishment, the doctors coming after him. It was the radio commission coming after him. Everybody was coming after him. So I've got to get all the guns. I have to, like, he had, um, machine guns that would be very near him all the time. Um, you know, because he was so paranoid that they're coming after it's him. It's like he actually believes his shit. He believes he his believes, bullshit. He believes his bullshit. Jesus. And so one of the things that he did um, during this time where the hotel is doing great is that he's, and he's got like this media empire, but you know, the broadcasting out of Mexico mm-hmm. and stuff is he does an ad campaign for the hotel, for the hospital. And he makes pamphlets and brochures, and he sends them out, and he says, you know, on the brochure, this is where you get well. And he sends this out to, like, thousands of people. And it caught a postmaster's eye. 
And one thing you cannot do, it is a federal offense, I believe, I may be wrong, is to send out fraudulent claims or fraudulent mail. And this is what gets him, actually. So he was arrested in 1940 um, for mail fraud. Mm. He didn't use the asterisk because I always get the key to the new car, you know, oh. or whatever. No, no. In the mail. He did right. not use the disclaimer oh at the God. bottom. Yes. Because that like, would... there's fraudulent mail in my mailbox every day. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, here's your check. And then it's like, this is not this really is a not check. This is not a check. <laughs> right. No. He, he, he didn't use the asterisk for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the hotel was shut down, or the hospital was shut down, and he was actually arrested and went to um, a penitentiary in Kansas for defrauding $4 million Ooh. during this time. That is $74 million Ooh. in now money. Man. He served mm. like four years, three years. He got out. He tried to open up another hospital because, hey, oh I guess $74 million is not fucking enough. Jesus. And um, after he couldn't open this other hospital in Iowa because they're like, we're not having any of your shit. Thank God. Right. Um, he decides to retire. And so he <laughs> spends the last 12 months, I mean, sorry, last 12 years of his life on his yacht in Florida. Jesus. In 1958, no he dies of cirrhosis of the liver. Oh, cirrhosis. cirrhosis. He drank too much. Yeah, he did. On his yacht. So after being used as the hospital, let's go back to um, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. The Hotel Crescent gets renovated several times over because it's a fucking gorgeous place. Um has a, if you've ever bought, well, if you bought a home, you know how much upkeep a home is. Mm-hmm. If you've ever bought an older home, you know how much, like, money pit that you sink into. But it's, like, one of those things that you can't let go. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, gangsters from Chicago came down and in 1946 bought and restored um, the hotel and ran it. And this went on fine for about 20 years. And then there was like a fire um, in one of one of the fire pits or one of the fireplaces like got out of control and like burned the fifth floor and maybe another floor. And so after that, um, you know, it went back on sale. Uh, and it like changed hands for like the next 30 years. And in 1997, a couple bought it and restored it to... Um, this grand lady of the Ozarks, basically. And it's become like this vacation destination that I had no clue about that is still like running strong. But it's it's one of those towns, like Eureka Springs is one of those towns where like highly eclectic, spiritualist people, Mm. creative art people are drawn to. Mm -hmm. And... The whole town itself is a is on the National Historic Registry because there's over two thousand buildings there that are on the registry. Like hmm, so I think go. they just made like the whole town. I know it sounds fabulous. Dang. Um in two thousand and nineteen, and this is the first article that I found, in two thousand nineteen and uh or either twenty twenty, I didn't they didn't really give like when this was happened. Bottles filled with, like, this really weird substance was found um, near the hotel, like, on this tree line when they were digging up and doing something. And they, like, 
dug up all of these these bottles and it looked like there was like human parts uh, that were in this, uh, these bottles. And they were saying, well, this was Baker's thing. This, you know, they said that he cut the cancer out or he would like Ugh. amputate. And I'm like, no, I don't think that's right because I don't think he was a cutter, but I don't know. I wasn't there. Mm. He may have been a cutter, but I think that was the whole purpose of having the, the formula. The formula was right. It's like you didn't have to yeah. cut. But I think as far as the showmanship, because they opened up the bottles and they did experiments and they found that it was actually like animal parts that he got from the butcher and that he floated in liquid to make, set the stage Mm -hmm. for, you know, being a doctor and stuff. Um, So... Eureka Springs has like almost 2,000 people in there. It's not very big at all. Mm-hmm. However, out of those 2,000 people, there are 400 ordained ministers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of mystical journey tours because of the springs and their curative um, powers. There are park bench astrologers. <laughs> uh, there are 19 wedding chapels. <clears throat> To accommodate the 400 clergy, I guess. Like the Vegas of the Ozarks. Right. Um, there are, um, let's see what else I've got here. There's the uh, Ozarks UFO conference that happens there. There's a children's book author that lives here there that's named Crescent Dragon Wagon. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the kind of personas that you get when you Dragon like wagon. visit there. <laughs> but it sounds like a fantastic place. That they is... have a murder mystery weekend. It's sold out already, though. Oh, man. Uh, that's right up our alley of just it. misfits <laughs> and just fun stuff. Um, and that is the tale of the Crescent Hotel. I love it. And Norman Baker, the that asshole. Was the best. <laughs> Good <Well> job. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Thank you. Bye. Bye, Bye y'all.